Welcome to the podcast, People More Interesting Than Me. I'm your host, Michael Strumsky. When my dad was in his 20s, he decided to buy his own motorcycle. He's the type of guy who tries to assemble his IKEA furniture before reading the instructions. So you can imagine how this went. On his first ride, he proceeded to fall and break both of his arms. So growing up, any idea of myself getting a motorcycle was met with strong resistance. And that's why my next guest is more interesting than me. Bridget McCutcheons has been around motorcycles all her life. She's already taken multiple long trips to Baltimore and New York from her home in northern Wisconsin. She is currently attempting to be the youngest to circumnavigate the world by motorcycle. The trip can last more than a year and take at least 24,000 miles of riding. Enjoy. Today I have with me is Bridget McCutcheons. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Um, so where are you? We'll start off where, where are you currently? I am in Bogota, Colombia, in sort of the older part of town. It's quite nice. And we're gonna we're gonna have the second question be, where did you start? <laughs> uh, in life, no idea. Um, I started this trip in Ashland, Wisconsin, which for those who don't know is very north in the U.S., sort of sort of east. Um, it's right by Canada. And it, it's not going to stop stop in Bogota. Can you kind of explain what your your path is from, I guess, at least here from Bogota? Oh, so like the rest of the route. We're planning on going, me and my riding partner are planning on going south um, to Colombia, um, to Ecuador, and then Peru, Chile, um, going to the Atacama Desert. I'm really excited about that. Um, back into Chile, Argentina, 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 Chile, Argentina, Argentina, Chile. <laughs> and then, because originally I was planning on flying out from Buenos Aires, Argentina, but it looks like it's going to be easier to fly out from Santiago, Chile. So mm. that's kind of changed up a little bit, but that's, you know, that's okay. Um, and then from there, probably Madrid, Spain, and then going north to the UK, Ireland, coming back, going through a bunch of European countries, not sure which ones yet, and then um, Turkey, and then Russia, and then all the way across Russia to Vladivostok, and then South Korea, and then probably back. My first follow-up question is why? Uh, because I can. No. Um, I mean, yes, absolutely. It start. It wasn't my idea. Um, it was my brother's idea, and his his reasoning was, "I'm too old to do it, so you can." Um, and then it started mostly as just like an excuse. Like I have previous to this, I have pretty much never traveled. Like I rode my motorcycle through Canada once last year for four hours. Like that's literally the first time I had been outside of the US. And I always really wanted to. Like I'm a pretty curious person and I think other cultures are really fascinating. 
So that was a big part of it. And then it turned into like, as I went along, there were people that came to me and were like, what you're doing is so cool. Like, it's so inspiring. And I'm like, excuse me, <laughs> what? Um, and then it sort of, it became less and less about like my personal goal. And that's still a big part of it. But now there's an also, there's another part about helping other people who maybe wouldn't have wouldn't have done something like this otherwise and maybe not to this scale but maybe helping them like being the catalyst for them going off and doing their own personal adventure which I think is really cool to be able to do and I think it's awesome but that's sort of it started to be a big part of the reason to for doing it is helping other people you know live their life the way they want to live their life however that is and whose record are you, are you, obviously you're not trying to, I guess you are trying to break the record. So who are you trying to take that away from? Who, who was previous <laughs> to you? Um, so the previous one is Henry crew from England. And I wouldn't, I don't know in the, the most technical sense, like I'm not breaking his record because it's like qualified. But, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I talk you're racing against your age, basically, right? Yeah. You're you're racing against your age. You're not racing against I I understand that, but it's just like it's more whimsical, don't you think? Like you're racing against yourself. How often can people I guess they're breaking their own records, but you're you're racing against your own your time clock. Mm -hmm. Isn't that kind of funny? It's a little bit funny. I think about that every once in a while. It's like like we just met um, another motorcyclist, the only other like young person that we've met on a bike, um, Deacon, I can't remember his last name. I think I can send you his last name. Um, anyway, and he's 23 and he was, we were talking to him about the record and he's like, yeah, I could have done that when I was 22. But it's weird because like, you know, now it doesn't matter. He's still like, we're probably going to meet up again in Ushuaia or, um, somewhere along the way but it's like it's interesting because you know yeah. time moves by yeah. and then you can it's like oh yeah because maybe in like 30 years somebody who's like 18 or 16 or something like that might try to break the record i hope so but that's the good thing with you you're it's just like when i don't know you see the olympics and you see somebody throw the javelin or mm -hmm. whatever they throw the shot put it's like once you see that they that it can be done, you set a new line and it's just like, okay, yeah. that's possible. And that's what you're doing. And that's what you, yeah. you just explained. And that's like, cause there's no, there's technically, there's no record for youngest woman. And when you look it up, like when I first started and you looked it up, there was like barely anything. There was barely anything there. There was, um, like the first woman to go around the world on a motorcycle who forgive me, but I cannot remember. Her. I'm very bad with names. So please no one take it personal. Um, but there was like nothing there. And I'm like, well, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Cause there's absolutely, there's tons of women that have gone around the world on a motorcycle. And I mean, now when you look it up, like I pop up and I'm there and I'm really hoping that, you know, some other young lady 
it gets curious about it and looks it up and be like, ah, someone's done it. Okay, cool. And, you know, I would love someone to break this record. Even if, like, if someone started and did it before I finish, I would be more than happy to see that happen. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Uh, so with all this time, I mean, obviously the outsider doesn't really understand what goes into it. What are some of like logistics that a normal person wouldn't think goes along with the task, like this feat? I think honestly, the hardest logistic that I didn't realize was going to be so hard is literally just finding a place to sleep every night. Like, especially when you're moving so much and like things happen during the day, maybe you didn't make it as far as you thought you would or whatever. And then you're just somewhere and you're like, well, now I have to find a place to sleep that, you know, is safe from people or animals or whatever. And that's really, really hard. Um, I think borders, borders are pretty, all pretty similar. Like they're, they're simple but they're still difficult. Like, you know, um, gas is easy. Parts are pretty, you know, parts are okay. I think, yeah, I think the biggest thing is just like finding a place to stay and also just finding a place to park the bike. Like there's certain areas like you can't park the bike because it's at the wrong angle and then you put it mm. down on the kickstand and then your, your bike falls over. Have you got any parking tickets yet? No, no. <laughs> That's amazing. So many, so many times you've parked and no parking tickets. That's amazing. No, I haven't even thought about that. It has not even <laughs> occurred to me. I don't. Most areas probably don't have have people. Tick, maybe, maybe in where you're at now in the city, but I would imagine like along where you're going, there's not many people ticketing. No, and motorcycles are kind cities. of like. I don't know. They're kind of a gray area. Motorcyclists just sort of do whatever, which is, exactly. you know, cool and kind of sketchy at the same time. So compared to when you first, before you first left, mm-hmm. do you feel like you've gained a more, this, my wife said this would be a stupid question, but I'm still going to ask it because okay. this is my podcast and not hers, but <laughs> Do you feel like you've gained a more, like, maybe this is a stupid question, but spiritual level with your motorcycle more than you have? Like, do you feel like, it's hard for me to explain because I don't think I've ever heard it really asked. So I've worked around machines my whole life. And when you first, like, this is a brand new bike to me. Like I got this in March of last year. Um, so I haven't even had this motorcycle for a year yet. And when you, this is like going, when you first get a new machine, like every machine has a personality because there's like, you know, there's standardized stuff and everything is, you know, the same, but it's not, you cannot make everything exactly the same. So every single motorcycle, every single, anything has its own personality. And when I first got the bike, I was like, I didn't hear anything, you know, and I don't mean in like a literal sense, like I can't hear my motorcycle talking, but 
difficult to like ride it at first because it was it was really different from what I was used to and it was taller than I was used to and now it's like it's literally just part of me which is so cool and like I I like I know her personality and I know like all this stuff and it's so much easier to write because it's like we have a dialogue and then you know I know this is just a machine and blah 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 but this motors like this bike means a lot to me and there's like not everybody does that not everybody has I guess a connection with their motorcycle but like this is my life this is you know my friend <laughs> yeah because the way you describe it it sounds like kind of like a prosthetic limb that like the way you're 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 saying that you spent so many hours with it it would be crazy not to have that like yeah like this is how much she needs like torque she needs to get up this hill like you can hear when there's something wrong with it or you can feel yeah. the vibration that's that's one thing that's different from the car because you're not you're not like holding on to the car like you mm -hmm. would the motorcycle yeah and i need to think about that that's crazy it's like you're hugging it like 20 yeah, no you're literally you're constantly like every day you're hugging it um and mad is like it's funny because my partner has exactly the same motorcycle it's just like a 2017 and mad's a 2020 and i'll get on her bike and like i was on her she was having like an issue with the idle so i got on her bike to ride it around see if i could figure it out and i was like i don't know when to shift because it sounds different because i'm so used to the the sound that mab makes mm -hmm. that I, I get on another motorcycle even though they, it's literally exactly the same motorcycle it's it's almost like completely different that's that is funny I, I mean, I, I totally get that. I just can't think of like, uh, maybe my car, maybe I can explain it. Cause I can, I can just feel like when there's something wrong just because mm -hmm. I, and I feel like that's like with my kids now I have kids. So that's the thing. And mm -hmm. you can just tell like when there's something very slight off and you're like, something doesn't feel right. I don't know if it's like the matrix and there's yeah. a glitch and you just feel uneasy. Yeah. Well, it's also like as like social humans we anything that we spend and not everybody does this right like not everybody names their motorcycle not everybody translates those i guess signals in the same way but like the way i do it um my brain like translates these like these different sounds and whatever into like messages so it's like I don't know. It, it 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 translates to my brain to like me talking to my motorcycle, and which I know isn't happening, but yeah, yeah. You know. So, what's give give me one of the crazy stories you've had so far? There there must be a ton that you've already accumulated. What's the craziest thing that's happened so far? Hmm. Okay, there was yesterday. Let's go with the most recent. I went up into the mountains here and I found like this sort of neat trail and I was going on the trail and blah, blah, blah. And I had like passed these police guys with these giant dogs, which was really weird. And then I came back 
and it was there was this beautiful view over the city because there's like a mountain right next to the city so I went up there and there was like this gorgeous view um and then I came back but there was like <laughs> on the way up to this view there was um like caution tape across the road but I'm pretty sure like there was like a house it, it was like a park there was like a park on top of this mountain but then there was like a house farther down and I'm pretty sure that house just put it there because they were tired of people bothering them anyway on the way back down I was sort of in the city and I took this like offshoot road because it's you know it's a straight hill and then there are like roads that go straight down the hill instead of going winding and I really shouldn't have it was this really crazily steep road and I ended up just like locking up the back tire and sort of sliding down. And then the last part was mud. And then I just went down there and there was a street and I couldn't like stop. Cause otherwise I would have just like, you know, fallen face first and whatever. And I got to the bottom and I'm like, Oh, Oh my God. Oh my God. But that happens like all the time. That's crazy. <laughs> I do not own a motorcycle, so this is to the like lower extent, but I feel like I have that moment all the time when I like trip or using my mm -hmm. car going too fast and you're like, you have a like near death moment and then you're just kind of like white knuckling and petrified mm -hmm. for that set period of time. And then you slowly work back to what you were before you did that. And it's, yeah. it's, it's just funny how time will just like ease away your, your fear. And it's like, you're, you just do it again the next day. Well, you also like to have like a good riding technique, you can't like tense up too much. So like the more, I guess, stressful situations you're in, the easier it gets to relax. Cause you're like, all right, I made it through this one. I'll make it through this other one. Um, and we've like, we've had a decent amount of practice now with stressful road situations. Um, there was, okay, here's a good one. There's, we were in, uh, Southern Mexico going out to the coast and we came across this roadblock. There was a protest because the mayor of this town had gotten a bunch of like hurricane relief money. And then he had like absconded with all of it and just ran off. And so as there was this, you know, big roadblock with some burned tires and we're like, okay, we're, leaving. we're turning around and we were trying to find like another way across. Um, and we ended up going on like all these back roads. It was really steep and really muddy. It was a great time, but it was really hard. And we ended up getting to this, like this um, detour. And there was this giant tree across the detour. And it was just, us two and then there was another motorcyclist on the other side and I was like all right we can get through this tree I have this thing called the sweetest brush axe it's basically like a really hefty machete um and we ended up spending the next like hour-ish with us this guy and then other people that showed up because this tree had been down for a while but no one had tried to get through it and then when we were trying to get through it like other people showed up there were another machete showed up and we ended up chopping through this giant tree with this you know this little axe and we met this italian guy um federico's and we we rode with him the rest of the way like through because he knew how to get around the other roadblocks um but that like you know that stuff happens 
a few times. <laughs> like there was another roadblock that I was in and blah, blah, blah. But it was really cool. We just jumped through the tree. That's that's so funny. That's like one of the things you wouldn't think of. like that's one of the like I asked earlier, like what's one of the logistics you wouldn't think about? And I don't think yeah. anybody would think about a, a tree that you'd have to that sounds so like mm-hmm. I don't know, like 1736. Oh, a tree has got in my way. I must chop it down. Uh, back to logistics, I I do think like a big logistical point that you just cannot predict is people because like they were protesting because of what happened to them and like there's also sometimes and me and my writing partner have talked about this like like you're traveling and you're going through all these situations and all these people's lives and it's kind of like sometimes you think about it and you're like what right do I have to just you know like that's your problem I need to keep going um And like, I have a mission, right? Like I have something that I am doing, but every once in a while I think about that. And I don't think there's, I don't necessarily think I'm in the right, you know? I don't think that I can, I'm just doing it. Like I'm not justifying it, which is kind of, I don't know how I feel about it. Well, that's what one of my questions was going to be from since you left, how has your, when I say perspective, it sounds so minuscule, but it's more like how has your human perspective changed since you left? I find I could be like a little more trusting of just like random people. Um, because you do, you definitely have like people that do not have anything close to your best interests. And they're they are there whether you see them or not but i think the majority of people are quite nice and very helpful and we've we've gotten a lot of support on this trip i've gotten so much support on this trip and i don't think i'm i'm never going to be able to pay it back directly to the person that it was you know that gave me whatever it was So I think something I've learned from this is like paying it forward. I think I'm in my life continuing. I'm probably going to put more effort into helping other people that like, you know, ask for my help. And I can't like, I can't help everyone for sure. Um, I just would like to be like more, be able to be very generous with my resources. However, I can help other people because I've just had so much almost unprompted help like in major major ways and it still kind of boggles my mind um i would like to think i'm getting more patient with that's good other people and with my i think with myself too because i wrote like when i started this trip um you know, there's, you know, you can, you have this little voice in your head and you can ask yourself a question. It's sort of like, for me, it's like a yes or no answer. And at the beginning of this trip, like, I think I was getting there, but I wasn't quite like friends with myself yet. And now I'm like, I'm like friends with myself, which is, which is crazy. Cause it's been something like for a really long time in my life, I was like, 
no, like, I don't like, you're okay, but I don't know. I don't know about you. And now I'm like, yeah, we'll hang out. Is that, is that either a, because you spend so much time on the bike solitarily, or is it because all these different situations you've been going through? I think both. Okay. Um, Cause I, I feel the same way when I'm by myself for like quiet periods of time. I just, it's like recommuting with yourself. If that mm-hmm. sounds I close. definitely think, you know, me and myself have had, I've gotten to have many, many long conversations with each other. And I think through that, cause you always like other people do things and you're like, like, I don't think any worse of you for doing that, but then you do something that you would normally never care about another person doing. And then you get all like upset at yourself and blah, blah, blah. Or you look back on your previous self and you're like, that was so stupid. I was so dumb. And now like when I look back and mind you, this is not a hundred percent of the time, but most of the time I just laugh and I'm like, ah, you did that. Um, And I'm really, I'm not sure exactly when it happened, but I'm really grateful for that because I feel like, I don't know, sometimes like every once in a while I'll be on the motorcycle and I'll be like, I'm perfectly happy right now. And it's like, just, just like a few minutes, right? It's pretty much never is very long. Something else happens and blah, blah, blah. But you know, you can have these like moments of inner peace, which is just so fucking cool. It's so sad that when you have those moments, you think about it and you're like, how long is this going to last? But from my experience, when you're happy, you're not learning and you're not growing. That's the bad thing. It's just like you're in a frozen state. Mm-hmm. and it's just so counterproductive. That's the bad thing. You want to stay in that space, but you're not getting better or you're not growing. And it's just like, well, well you that- can also, I think you can also train yourself to maybe not be like perfectly happy, but to be more happy in uncomfortable situations. Um, And so you happy can enough like, to get you through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can like, I think one of the best things about people is being able to laugh at like the absurdity of the inconvenience. (laughs) Like when you, like when your bike is falling over and you're insane and you have to take your bags off and you know, you're on a downhill slope. So you have to drag your bike in a circle and blah, blah, blah. And you can just laugh at that. Cause it's like, it's just so absurd that it's just like so complicated to do this basic thing of making your vehicle upright again. I just think it's, sometimes I think it's hilarious. Sometimes I'm really tired and angry and I'm like, this is bullshit. So when are you projected to finish your your whole trip? I'm hoping to be like completely done September of this year. Okay. So after that September, do you have anything immediately planned? Like, you know how people like they go to the moon, they go on a long trek, and the first thing they want is like a McDonald's cheeseburger or something I want crazy. Beer. You want root I want beer? Root okay. Beer That's the like the I am a really big like beverage person. I don't drink very much like alcohol, but I love like I don't know, craft sodas and stuff. I love root beer and there's no root beer here and I'm so sad but anyway um probably is there any specific brand by the way are you a Barks or are you a uh, A&W or more not, of a I'm not uh, like 
the characters of the glass bottles. There's one called Hanks that I'm quite fond of. Sprickers is okay. I think Sprickers is really sweet. Um, oh, we've I got like a connoisseur both. here. There's a lot of brands that like, so I'm really dyslexic. So a lot of times I won't even bother reading like the label. I'll just know what the label looks like. Um, so there's a few, there's a local brand that's made in Wisconsin. That's really good. But yeah, I okay. like sort of like to not necessarily more bitter, but not so like sweet, like a nice, nice root beer. I also really like ginger gotcha. beer. What about birch beer? If you're throwing all these other, uh, I, I don't think I've had birch beer. I'll have to do it's that. It's a lot. It's a lot like root beer, but mm. it's I, I don't know what makes the difference. I, maybe it's just root beer. Uh, so let's say after you get your root beer, obviously there's a lot of development before you uh, get there. This fallish, but mm -hmm. where do you see what what what's your plan after that? What's your five year plan? Oh, I you actually, don't need to have. I actually have one. I I this is the other day. Well, not the other day. A few months ago, month ago in Mexico City, I finally wrote it down. Um, so I'm going to go back to boats. My like actual career is working on boats and being a merchant mariner. Um, and then I might do that for. Two, I think I'll do it for like one full season. And then I want to get my um, small pilot's license. Like, like you know, sort of the biplane sort of deal. And I have to obviously have to learn more about airplanes. But anyway, um, boats, get my captain's license, finish getting my captain's license, get my pilot's license. Somewhere in there, acquire a classic car of some vintage or another. Um, and then probably go back to boats again. And then somewhere in there, there's going to be more motorcycle trips. I would really like to go to Australia and ride around Australia. That would, I would love to do that. And just like go back like to these individual countries. Like I've, I'm going through all these countries really quickly because I, you know, I'm sort of on a time crunch and I have limits on how long I can stay in one place. Um, so I'd really like to like, I don't know, work with a company or something like I'm sort of looking at Royal Enfield, um, cause I think the Himalayan is really cool and like go to th these different countries and just like ride around and see all these cool things and like test out bikes. I think that would be really, really cool, but sort of, but also like maintaining my like professional career, like boats and blah, 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 and airplanes. So that's the five-year plan. That's good, man. You you're already ahead of the curve, and plus you got plenty of time to work out the finite details on your bike. Just like, just slowly work out the details. Mm -hmm. So my last question: What is something your parents did that you'd like to pass on to the next generation? And what is something that you might want to do differently, or something new that you like to? pass on i think i would like to pass on my parents worth work ethic um we i grew up on an organic farm and we had one skid steer and that was the only equipment that we had and so there was a lot of lot of manual labor and 
especially like my dad I mean my mom too like she does a lot of stuff just like sort of in a different capacity but my dad has like a really good worth work ethic and he just like he's like a machine he just keeps going and he laughs the whole time like you'll be doing something completely miserable like cleaning out the chicken poop in a barn and we still always manage to sort of have a good time um and I would like to be able to to sort of lead by example and and transfer that to either my kids or the next generation or somebody. Um, yeah, things that I would like to do differently, and not necessarily differently, but maybe add on top. How about that? Mm. Um. I think like I've been really I have a pretty big family there's six kids and we're all pretty close like we all have a really good relationship with each other and I think I would like to I guess transfer that but like adding on to that like we did a lot of work together and which is always really fun but we didn't do a lot of like recreational stuff. And so sometimes it was really difficult when we weren't working. Like I remember going out to breakfast with my dad. Cause like every, like my birthdays, we would go out to breakfast with my dad. And then there was one day where we were just looking at each other and we were like, I don't know what to do here. Cause we're, you know, we were just sitting down at a table and we like, we kept talking about like work and the farm and blah, 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 blah. And it was like, we couldn't, and we've we've since moved on from this, but like we didn't have much of a dialogue with each other that wasn't about work. And I would like to be able to like have that that closeness that you get from like working with your family and and that relationship. But I would like to be able to have that outside of that, like that work. To be, just be able to like you know chill and have fun without talking yeah, about cows are <laughs> yes the, i believe that's called the bob's burgers paradox right do you watch that show or am i no i know what bob's burgers is i think it's hilarious there was an wasn't there an episode where he was like stuck in the wall with the the glowing like toy and then he was talking uh, give a coochie or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah you're a sick little doll yeah uh good show but that that's a great goal I mean uh and I mean six kids that's awesome my I think my my parents they both had seven kids in their families as well and I was an only child so that's well it's, it's nice because like I grew up personally kind of isolated because it was the farm and I was homeschooled and blah 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 um but you always had like your family and we're all like, you know, we're always there for each other. And you have, you have relationships with your family and blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't know, sometimes I feel bad for only children because it's so much fun yeah. to just be able to like, you know, do stuff with your sister, your brother. Uh, I'll let you a secret. Only children do not want to be only children. You might yeah. not know that. I'll speak for I all only children. Mm -hmm. imaginary friends you try to pull in cousins and siblings you do it like I have 26 first cousins 
that's yeah. like but none of them are as close as brother or sister but uh is there anything you want to promote while you're on here and it doesn't have to be business oriented it can be get out there taste the fresh air something like an ideal or yeah i think okay so here's like it's sort of become my personal mantra and there's one other there's an idea that i want to start putting into the world because it might come to fruition 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 i think thank you um when i first started this trip and the idea was pitched to me i immediately said no for no other reason than i was literally i was just telling myself no without even considering the possibility and i think a lot of times in our lives there's things that we want to do and we would really enjoy and we just tell ourselves no because we're too nervous about it or we think it's not going to work and i think there's a real merit to trying like literally just trying it's like there's there's like exercise techniques and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you just do the first step instead of planning like the whole thing out and making it into this giant idea in your mind that becomes really overwhelming. You just start. Maybe you only do like the first few minutes or maybe if you want to go on an adventure, maybe you just start with like, hell, riding your motorcycle for a weekend somewhere or, you know, going out and whatever. But just take like two more seconds to think about why you're saying no to the question. And if it's a good reason, you know, it's a good reason. But if it's not, like, maybe, uh, maybe think about it some more. Um, That's very think, wise of you. Thank you. It's, it's taken me a lot, of, lot longer to figure that one out. Like, mm. just, just do a little bit of it. And the other thing is, if you just do like like reading, like I had the hardest time reading and it was just like, just start off with like two pages a night. So now it's just like, that's not, a, it, it's become like a habit and then you've got all those books, but yeah, that is a great thing to do. Especially if you have a hard time looking at this Herculean task that you have to do. And if you slowly chip away at it. There's also um, something that I've come across where people are like, oh, like, this is so cool. Like, you don't have any problems with, like, doing this consistently or blah, 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 blah. It is so hard. The people that, like, do these big things and, like, trips like this, like, it's so hard. And you can't, like, don't think that they're doing it perfectly and, like, you're stuck because you're not doing it perfectly because they're not doing it perfectly either. You don't, a lot of times you don't see how much struggle it is so if you're struggling that's normal like that's part of it so that's like that's fine you don't have to like be upset because it's difficult you just you know you just get through it yeah well thank you very much this was great um good luck on the rest of your trip yeah thank you i'll need it <laughs> no i think you'll be fine just keep on as long as you've got somebody with you who's running the, well, it's not even a pace car. It's a pace motorcycle, right? Yeah. But you're going well, with her, so. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, like, I was looking at that question, and I was like, sometimes, like, me and Kiva, that's my partner's name, me and Kiva are very different people. So there's pretty much nothing that our expertise, like, overlap in. 
but we all we you know it's sort of like a puzzle piece we sort of like fit together and then we make one whole very confident person with the two of us so yeah no she's a great she's a great person and I really hope that we can go the whole way together because that would be dope that's great good goal <sighs> well enjoy your day enjoy your rest that's important yeah. too yeah um and I'll see you all right. Thanks, Michael. If you like this week's episode of People More Interesting Than Me, please follow me on Apple Podcasts so you won't miss out on more episodes like these.